This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things, where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. I've always I've always been curious since I haven't I haven't watched that movie in a long time. If that movie like holds up. It's not terrible. Okay. I mean it, it, it pops up like I watched it a few weeks ago because I was working all night and was on M T V at like one in the morning. Hmm. Okay. So we watched Billy Madison and I laughed hysterically because it's what I do when I watch Billy Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Norm MacDonald, of course, also great in that movie. Oh, he was—he was just terrific. He was—he was so horrible. It was terrific. <laughs> I don't remember. What did he, he do? What did he do? There you ask. He, he played Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Uh, did you ever watch Dirty Work? Who was in Dirty Work? Was it Norman? Who else? Uh, Artie Lang, and I think it's the girl from Two Guys and a Girl in a Pizza Place. Jenna Elfman? Is that, that her? I don't think that's Jenna Elfman. I thought Jenna Maybe Elfman was in uh, Dharma and Greg. She was. I was thinking, I can't remember who was in the other two girls and a, two guys, a girl and a pizza place. So. <laughs> uh, two guys. I was about to say, one of us is about to Google this. Yeah, two guys, a girl. Uh, let's see. Which, of course, went about... Eight name changes. Uh, let's see. Who was the cast? What's the cast? Two guys or Trailer Howard? Huh. Interesting. Oh. That, that's her name is Trailer Howard. Trailer. Like T-R-A-Y-L-O-R. Yeah. Of course, something something I always forget about until I go back to the Wikipedia page for this show. Nathan Fillion was in this. Really? Yes, he was. Fantastic. Um, as was Suzanne Cryer. So. Kids keep going. 
They, they really, they really did. Who knew? Who knew this wouldn't be Ryan Reynolds' big break for the rest of his life? Speaking of Ryan, I just saw Ryan Reynolds about twenty minutes ago. Really? Yeah, we went. Uh, I took the the, the girlfriend to see Hobbs and Shaw tonight. She wanted to see it. Ah, uh, yes, I forgot yeah. he's in that movie. Yes. Yes, he does. He has. Uh, he he basically steals the scene about three times. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what you're paying Ryan Ryan Reynolds for. Yeah, just totally does 100. percent He'll it, just him playing off the rockets. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, I've seen two movies today now. Oh boy. Oh boy, is right. Well, I and, and, and now I get to drive home from Jacksonville. What better way? To spend your time recording the A Foreign Affair podcast than driving home from J. Actionville. Something's got to keep me awake. There you go. I'm, this podcast won't be it, unfortunately. Welcome, everyone, to episode 280 of the A Foreign Affair podcast. If you hear a car crash in the background, that's, that's Wes because he did not manage to stay awake through this. But that's okay. We're going to do our darndest to keep him awake with some exciting matches from the Premier League and Champions League week in review here. We'll also, of course, as always, hit the news and notes. And we do have a bit of a watch for and maybe a little bit even of that So Elite Raw we've been getting the last few weeks added on here at the end. Uh, as always, the podcast is presented by NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. We never stop. As well as Alicia's Pillows and Things. Hey, um, you know what? Um, I, I gotta tell you, if you're, uh, I don't know, who, who's, who, who had a rough week? Who had a rough week? I don't, I don't know. Hmm. Like anyone not named the New England Patriots? Yeah, sure. If you're a fan of any team that's not the New England Patriots, you know, hey, unless you're, unless you're also a Dallas Cowboys or Oakland Raiders fan, then, then you also suck. But as we're con- I'm sorry, I, I, I forgot I was contractually obligated to say they're America's team. There you go. Oh, also in that contract we must call them Dem Boys. Yes, Dem Boys. Oh my god. But if you're a fan of one of those teams and you want to hey, maybe here here's what it is. Here's what it is. You're an Oakland Raiders fan and you're super sad that your team moved to Las Vegas, and now instead of getting to spend your Sundays going to that shithole they played in and dressing up like a maniac and pouring beer on poor camera people, now you can do something else with your life, and maybe that thought scares you. Maybe you need a body pillow to keep you safe at night when these dark, dark feelings creep in. Well, that's why you head over to Elysia's Pillows and Things and get yourself an Oakland Raider body pillow Maybe maybe it's of Al Davis's emaciated corpse that will be on there, and you can you can hold that tight and remember the good times back when you lost a, a Super Bowl to Brad Johnson when he was with. Oh, yeah. oh a dark horse, Brad Johnson. Oh man, that's that's oh, that's that was not a good Super Bowl. But you know what? You were in it, and that's what matters. Just, uh, just like that guy who was the quarterback for the Bears that one time when they lost to Indianapolis. 
there you go. So, you know. Oh God! Oh, I, my, my NFL year by year is slowly being deleted. So we're we're just fortunate. I still remember Brad Johnson at this point. Hey, but you know what? You know, I'm sorry, Oakland Raiders fans. You also probably remember him very well from the Super Bowl where he dismantled you by being Brad Johnson somehow. But again, visit Alicia's Pillows and Things. Get your pillows and or things on discount there. Check out her Facebook page as well as NGSC Sports for some sweet, sweet deals on her merch. That's Alicia's Pillows and Things. Alright. There we go. <laughs> so as we go to the Premier League, definitely. Who would who are the Oakland Raiders of the Premier League, West Bradshaw? Uh, the Oakland Raiders of the I mean, that's easy. It's their test. There you go. The black and white. Black and white. They have the rabbit fan base. They have a shitty uh, owner. They have a shitty owner. Yeah. Yeah. Shit owner. Um, and they have a, they have history, and they like to talk about it. Yeah. And they, they haven't done a whole lot lately. I haven't done a shit lately. Sorry, yeah. Rafa. Sorry. Um, so anyway... As we we'll we'll talk about them later uh, when we we talk about Liverpool. But first, Premier League matches that uh, didn't really matter. Uh, hey, it almost mattered for Sheffield. They thought they might have been able to pull off a one nil win versus Southampton, but unfortunately, a goal was reversed through VAR. And instead, Musa Dienimpo, excuse me, uh, was the eventual match winner for the Saints as he scored in the 66th minute to give Southampton three points at Bramall Lane. Um, elsewhere, uh, Chelsea 5, Wolves 2. Um, Wolves maybe maybe getting into slightly crisis time. We'll, we'll see. Um, and hey... You know, Tammy Abraham, he, he had a hat trick. Maybe Tammy Abraham was exactly what Chelsea needed. M- maybe. May I, may I throw out any Chelsea stat and Chelsea stats? Please, please do. Chelsea have scored 11 goals this season. Mm-hmm. All 11 have been by homegrown under-21 English players. Oh, I love I love reading about Frank Lampard's youth revolution that that was absolutely his own idea and was not brought about by the fact that a transfer ban meant they couldn't buy anybody this summer. Exactly. Uh, and, and, that is, and that the best player uh, on the, in the club forced his way out around the tree. What a, what a master stroke. Oh, Frank Lampard. Because, early. because Tim Abraham has just shown before, oh, this is going to be it's it's Tammy time, baby. You thought it was Tanner time? No, it's Tammy time. Tammy. Oh my God. Anyway, Chelsea hey, beats no, Wolves. Chelsea beats Wolves five two, and we'll, maybe if this keeps going a couple weeks, maybe we'll start talking about Wolves. It's kind of falling off a little bit. Anyway, uh, Brighton and Hove uh, draw one one with Burnley. Burnley get a very very late equalizer in the ninety first minute through Jeff Hendrick of Hendrick Motorsports as they get the 1-1 draw there. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk too much about some of these other matches, I think, just because, I mean, the big results happened. Uh, Tottenham blitz Crystal Palace 4-0, scoring all four goals in the first half. Uh, Hyungman Son, with, I believe, his first start of the Premier League uh, this season, gets a brace. Uh, Patrick Van Anholt, 
uh, adds an own goal uh, in the 21st off a Serge Aurier cross. And Eric Lamella Coco got on the board on the day in the 42nd to put the route on for Tottenham. Um, other matches included Bournemouth destroying Everton 3-1. Callum Wilson with a brace there. Uh, Watford, uh, you know what? Before we get to that, we'll start with that one in our little more talk talk section. That's the yeah. official name for it. Um, Aston Villa and West Ham drew nil nil. Um, there was a red really card. Revolutionary football, right there. Yeah, just amazing. Great times had by all on Monday Night Football on NBC Sports. Anyway, so that was it. Um, also, Manchester United beat Leicester 1 0 through a penalty. Marcus Rashford nailed it. It's great. Um, so, let's talk about. I know, crazy, right? Yeah, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, all right, so we have three matches we're going to talk about. Um, Watford two, Arsenal two is where we start. Um, Arsenal flying high in the first thirty minutes as Pierre Emerick Aubameyang hits the brace for the Gunners. Uh, w- Watford were not to be dissuaded, though. Uh, everything good? Okay. Uh, Tom Cleverly, though, strikes back for Watford in the 53rd minute. And then late on, poor David Luiz, just not having a good year, along with Shakhtar and Mustafi. Uh, Roberto Pereira. That's true. Roberto Pereira calmly takes the penalty in the 81st minute. That gets Watford a point as they are uh, back under the management of Kike Sanchez Flores. Um, Watford with the big point there. As Arsenal capitulates on the road, Vicarage Road to be exact, um, and now all of a sudden, Wes, we we have we we've hit peak Arsenal fan TV as the calls for Unai Emery's head have become loud and clear, um, mostly from the fact that it doesn't seem like he actually has a plan anymore. Um, people I've I've noticed are very frustrated by that now. Other people like us, as as we just mentioned, Wes talking about their center backs. You know, that's it's not a very good defense, and that's to put it nicely, I think. And um, and and they, as as I texted Wes earlier this week, I was like, what, uh, Arsenal kind of putting together their team through the Liverpool playbook, but they stopped a few sections short where you where you start improving your defense and your goalie, and they. Because they haven't really done that part yet. They got a great front three. It's, it's fantastic when Alexander Lacazette's healthy. The rest of the park leaves something to be desired. Granted, Jacques not doing very well. Um, but I, I guess, Wes, what, what we need to get into here, the match is the match. But with these calls, is there a realistic chance that Arsenal might be quick to move on from you and I, Emery, this early in the season? I can't see it at all. Okay. <laughs> that Arsenal will move on from you and I, Emery, especially this early in the season. I don't think for this whole year. I mean, boys, we've got to remember, this is a this is a, an organization, a club, that probably held on to Arsene Wenger about five years too long. True, true. The quick trigger is not really <laughs> their cup of tea. <laughs> uh, you know, if anything, this is going to drag on way too damn long. Uh, no, I, yeah, here's my thing. 
thing with Arsenal. I still think Arsenal are good enough in this Premier League season to finish in the top five. I don't want to say top four at the moment, but, I mean, they could still be. That's the thing. Um, they've got the firepower up front. Yeah, they're they're basically playing a game of 2013-14 Liverpool. <laughs> Trust me, been here, done this. It's exciting if nothing else. It's exciting. <laughs> um, they've had a few things just kind of go against them early in the season. But you know what? They've had some things go their way, too. I think this Arsenal team still pretty good. I think I think their midfield's going to be better than we think it is. Okay. Uh, defensively, they are a shambles. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, on top of that, I mean, we know they suck on the road. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, I think they won a road match earlier this season. Oh, the troubles are over. No, it means they got lucky and won one match on the freaking road. It doesn't mean crap right now. Um, Arsenal suck on the road. It's just what it is at this point. But with that firepower up front, they're good enough to finish comfortably in the top part of the league. Um, now, fighting for that Champions League spot, uh, it might get a little difficult there. That's it. Call me crazy. I've just got a feeling that David Louise is going to improve some. Okay. He, he can't be this bad, can he? Can't he? Oh, wait, never mind. He's David <laughs> Louise. Uh, no, I, I do think he'll calm down a little bit. Uh, Ezra Ozil was back and actually played pretty damn well this weekend. Mm, he played okay. That's mind-boggling. We'll get to that later. What more can the man do? The club out people are are already starting to chime in. Anyway, uh, so you've got the you, you can't really trust fan bases anymore, <laughs> especially when it's our Arsenal TV. Yeah, here's the thing: how many rational fans have you ever seen on Arsenal TV? I I will say this: just I I I was the one who brought up Arsenal fan TV. As we, because we have to get in our weekly plug for it, The Athletic is amazing. You should all subscribe. Um, I will say the comment section on the Arsenal article for the week was also not very supportive. And as we've discussed on this podcast, the comment section of Athletic articles tends to be much more rational and even keel than than most other forms of social media out there. Yes, just so by a little bit. Um, a, a lot better spelling generally, too. Um, but And the, the mood there, obviously, as you said, the mood when you, when you blow a 2 no lead like that, especially to a team that has just come off of firing their coach and only had one point coming into this game. Uh, understandable, but to, to see that group of people, Arsenal Fan TV, I, I, I would expect it from. To see the athletic comment section also saying... No, nah, I think it's time for Emery to get out. Is is telling. Not saying I agree with it, but it is telling that what is normally a pretty even keel group of people is also starting to jump ship a little bit on this. The one thing I will say is, I mean, I'm not a fan of the 
thing I could say, and Ed, we said this going back to last season. Mm-hmm. Arsenal is not, it was not a quick fix. It was no, going to be a long-term all. project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they brought in Unai Emery. There's not another big-name manager that's taken the Arsenal job. Um, what about you know, all these people? I was going to say, I, I don't remember. The name is escaping me right now, but it's the guy Conte replaced. Um, uh, Allegri. Yeah, him. He's 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 the only one I can think of. I don't think Allegri's touching Arsenal right now. Um, I wouldn't say he should. Think, I just, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think Allegri... I think if Allegri's holding out for a job in England... <laughs> I think he's holding up for one of the bigger jobs. I really think, uh, I really think, depending on how the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mm-hmm. experiment ends up at United, I think uh, Allegri could be the next manager of Manchester United. Sure, I, I, I would, I would but, see that. But, but I, I don't think Arsenal interests him because, <clears throat> I mean, with Arsenal, you, you're not getting the resources. And people, oh, they spent money this summer. <laughs> did they? They <laughs> sort of did. And the deal is they're paying for all these guys for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. Which means, yeah, they got some guys in this summer and it looks nice on paper, but where's the is the money going to be there to improve that defense? Is the money going to be there to improve that midfield? If you ask me, not really. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens there, but... Um, we always knew Arsenal was going to be a project. Uh, I think at this point, the absolute best thing Arsenal can do is just keep faith in Unai Emery and see where you are by the end of this season. Mm-hmm. The one thing he can't do, he cannot regress. Yeah. But if he can hold at that five spot, maybe slide himself into the, that fourth spot in the Champions League, I mean, that's literally the best you can ask for the Emery this year. We will see if he is given the time to do it and if the players and the fan base and the board keep on believing in him. Um, well, on we, we talked about Klopp out. We'll get to that. Uh, but definitely the fans were still on board with him this past weekend as uh, Liverpool got past Newcastle 3-1. Um, we, say, we say fans with the Dr. Evil. Yes. Fans. Uh, Jetro Willems. Oh, what a great goal, though, for Newcastle to start things off in the seventh minute to give their fans just a little bit of hope, only to have it cruelly snatched away. Uh, Sadio Mane with a pair of goals in response in the first half. And then Mo Salah, I guess they've made up, uh, with the goal in the 72nd minute to complete the 3-1 victory for Liverpool as they remain unbeaten on the season, 15 out of 15 points and uh, Wes, we can just, we can bank all this time for later if you want to, but I'm sure you have some thoughts on this match. Um, just a few in there. Uh, that Jetro Willems goal was just spectacular. It was great. Then when you think about that, he cut inside and did that off his weak foot. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that ball was a freaking missile, man. No chance. He did that off his weaker right foot, so uh, you know, great, great shot from him. Uh, in this match, Divock Origi goes out injured. Uh, Roberto Firmino had not started, basically just due to the fact that he had played 
Silver Sale this past week mm-hmm. and had to travel basically halfway around the world to get that in the match. Uh, Klopp, was, uh, Klopp was always going to play him if needed, uh, but wasn't going to start him. He comes on around the 30-plus minute mark, and that dude just absolutely took over that match. Roberto Firmino... Roberto Firmino and Virgil Van Dyke are the two players that Liverpool cannot live without one or the other, I don't think. Um, Firmino is so important and does everything up front. And then he got his absolute highlight reel setting up the most solid goal. Mm-hmm. I mean, just an absolute sweet play it off one, back heel it right into the, uh, right into the wake of Salah. Salah goes in, scores a nice goal to cap that game off. Um, right now, Roberto Firmino can put a can definitely throw his hat in the ring as being the best player in the Premier League right now. We'll say the the on form player in the Premier League. Okay, Firmino's as good as anybody right this second, and he, he went out and showed it. And for Liverpool, it's just it's another. It's another case of, you know, next team up, next team down. Uh, Fortress Anfield, all the little fun things we like to say. Um, and the other day, as you said, 15 out of 15 for Liverpool. They're the only unbeaten team in the Premier League. They're the only perfect team in the Premier League. Uh, and as we'll talk about with our next match, um, you know, right now I think the teams, the teams below them have got to be looking up going, oh, shit, is this the year? Well, and that is where we're going to head off to our final match. And we said in our preview for this season that Norwich had a chance to be really bad. They also had a chance to be super exciting. Maybe like a budget Bournemouth, where with the way they like to attack teams, maybe they'll get blown out some games, but they might also be competitive, get some 3-3 matches in there. And, uh, and just play some fun football. Well, sometimes you play that way and the football gods look down on you and smile and say, we like when teams play exciting football. We were not, we're not a fan of that bus parking. So here, here's one on us, Norwich. This one's for you guys. Uh, Timo Pukki, player of the year right away in the Premier League. This, this is the man. Um, taking the Premier League by storm. He has the eventual match winner as Norwich beats Manchester City 3-2. Sergio Aguero and Rodri with goals in the match for City, both trying to cut the the deficit, the two-goal deficit to one. They could not get any closer as Norwich beats City in Carroll Road, upending the Premier League race. Now, we do have to remember, City, I believe, lost four matches last year, and Liverpool lost one, and City won the Premier League. So, let's let's just remember that. Let's also realize that this was a very weird City loss, where it wasn't like a fluke. They just actually looked bad on the day. Like, they looked really, really bad. And part of that's due to injuries, as we'll get to in News and Notes. Part of that's just that they look bad and Norwich took it to them. And with that style of football, if you're not on 100% of your game, you have a chance to get beat. Norwich gave themselves a chance to win that game. 
And as much as we can, I think, also talk about City and talk about how poorly they performed on the day, 100% credit to Norwich. This This was fantastic. The fans who were there... Take this one with you. This this might be your biggest moment this year in the Premier League. But take it. You earned it. Keep playing this style of football. It's amazing. You guys deserve this one. So it would say famous victory for the Canaries. Yes. Famous. Um, first of all, let's, let's, let's just give Norwich as you were. Let's give them the props. Yeah. Um, this is a team that came in with 11 players out injured. Yeah. 11 first-team players out injured. Um, they could have done what nearly every other non-Big Six team does against City. They could have sat back, clammed up, tried to just make it ugly, and try to survive. Mm-hmm. Norwich said, F that noise. <laughs> We're coming to play our game. Just like they did against Liverpool, just as they've done all season. They came out and played their game. And with their game, like you said, it's high risk, high reward. Against Liverpool, they got burned. Mm-hmm. Against Man City, everything came up canaries on the day. Um, and as you said, Timo Puki, you know, I talked about Bobby Firmino. Puki is right up there of being the informed man in the mm-hmm. Premier League right now. Absolutely. Uh, a guy who was a failure in Spain, a failure in Germany, a failure in Scotland. <laughs> Oh, my God, he's come to the Premier League and he's lighting the world on fire. Pookie! <laughs> we love a good Pookie. So, there we go. Good talk about Norwich. Now we got to talk about City. Yep. How bad right now do Man City fans, and silently, because he'll never say it out loud, Pep Guardiola, how pissed are they that they did not sign Harry Maguire? Very. Such a different because, team with him. I mean, that, that, that I think is where the unbridled Liverpool optimism for the league is coming from right now. Is that Manchester City back line? A week ago, they lose America Laporte mm-hmm. uh, for, I mean, he won't be back at best till maybe April. Mm-hmm. And then you're talking about throwing him back in when he's, you know, I mean, we know how recovering from an ACL works. You know, you can put him back in. I mean, look at look at Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I mean, he was ready to play last May, and he's still not back right yet. Yeah. So, I mean, that's very, very ambitious thinking they're going to have him back for that stretch run. But Laporte was such an important piece for Man City. And, and literally, the back line is what threw it away against Norwich. Nicholas Otamendi, God, the fact that he's still playing for Manchester City just has to make their fans want to vomit in their mouths. Yeah. Um, he gave that one away. He and John Stones together are just completely awful. And uh, I guess you could say, well, at least you don't have to worry about John Stones for a while now. <laughs> As we maybe gain two later in the news. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Manchester City in is an absolute shambles in the back. I don't really give a shit what they did in the Champions League. They've got a gimme group. We know that. Oh, yeah. But going forward in the Premier League, because remember, everything plays out in the back for City. That's how they play. Mm-hmm. 
only healthy central defender is Nicholas Ahamidi. Yeah. The one who, if you had to lose one, you would have easily <laughs> said, take him as tribute. Yep. And now he's the one you're stuck with. Um, I guess Fernandinho's going to go into the back now, but, man, City could be in trouble, and it might not turn into losses, but if he draws, and there's going to be another loss or two in there, I think, down to these injuries, City are in some trouble right now in the Premier League. Yeah, we can uh, we we can talk a little bit about uh, how they li- lined up in their match against uh, Shakhtar today. Uh, let's see. I know they played Fernandinho in the back. Who did they pair? Are they paired him with Otamendi? So yeah, that's yeah. that's well, that's. I mean, unless you pull Kyle Walker out there, it's time to play three at the back, City. Oh boy. Anyway, so we'll we'll get to their Champions League match in a little bit. Um, but yeah, this is this is going to be a rough road for for City. You know what? This this really reminded me of um, of Pep's first year in the Premier League and watching that City team play when they weren't super comfortable with how he wanted his play style and right. and they weren't incredibly dominant. That's we we've, we we love giving Pep shit on this podcast. It's it's an it's not a secret, folks. We we res- we we respect him. But we give him a lot of shit. Um, what you're seeing is how important, possibly to a fault, his brand of football and his system is to Manchester City. Because the team is literally living and dying by it right now. And without the key pieces in the back, if you want to call Jones Stones a key piece, you see how much this breaks down and the problems that can come out of it. Now, maybe Fernandinho much is the more, answer. Much more Laporte. <laughs> yes, yes, much more Laporte. Um, and hey, we didn't we didn't mention it. He wasn't healthy a lot, but Vonson Company ain't there either anymore. No. And that would at least be hey, he's better than Otamendi. So uh, it's it's going to be very interesting, especially in the Premier League, to see where City goes from here. Um, as they as they try for a domestic three-peat. It will be miles tougher. If we if they thought last year was tough, and it was, it's it's only going to be tougher this year. Uh, I'll say that, and as a Liverpool fan, this is, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan, obviously we know that. I think this is a Liverpool squad that learned from last year mm-hmm. and is mentally stronger than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we've already seen a couple of these matches away to uh, away to Burnley. Those kind of matches that have been the banana peel for Liverpool in the past. I, I don't I don't think Liverpool's drawn a lot of those matches this year. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, City are going to have to get this turned around. They're going to get a turnaround quick if they want to try to retain that Premier League title. Well, don't worry, folks. It's it's going to be what should have happened last year. Liverpool's going to win the Premier League, and City's going to actually end up winning the Champions League. So, there you go. There, there you, we go. There you go, folks. Uh, the Premier League does march on this weekend, starting Friday, Friday Night Football on NBC Sports. Uh, Southampton versus Bournemouth at 3 p.m., so check that out. On Saturday, you have five matches starting at 7.30. Big one here, Leicester hosting Tottenham. That will be a dynamic affair. 
Uh, at 10 a.m., you get Everton versus Sheffield. City back at it, this time at home against Watford. Uh, Burnley will be taking on Norwich, and that's a clash of styles right there if I've ever seen one at Turf Moor. And at 12.30, it will be Newcastle versus Brighton Hove in the primetime slot. Then on Sunday at 9 a.m., you get the choice of West Ham versus Manchester United or Crystal Palace versus Wolves. And at 11.30, you can you could watch Arsenal versus Aston Villa or you can watch Chelsea Liverpool. I'm not telling you which one to watch, but if you pick one of them, know that I will call you an idiot. I'll let you decide which one that is. Um, I'm going to say about that is West Bradshaw may be making his first appearance at the London Bridge Pub this Sunday. Hey, London Bridge for the match at Stamford Bridge. There it is. Um, and hey, 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 now, you know what? I, I got to say that this Liverpool team is going to have a tough time. Frank Lampard with his youth revolution that he has instilled through his own sweat and geniusness is, is just going to be such a tough test. For this Liverpool team, in all fairness, this probably will be their toughest Liverpool, uh, Premier League match of the season so far. And Frank Lampard, two words come to mind, Ed. Stunning and <laughs> Oh, it's, it's brave to replace your headphone jack. All right, so that's that's the Premier League schedule for this weekend. Uh, as we take a look at the table, Liverpool are on top with 15 points. City still second with 10. There is a cluster of teams at 8 points, starting with Tottenham, then Manchester United, Leicester, Chelsea, Arsenal, and West Ham. Um, then at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone, Aston Villa through goal differential sit just outside of it with four points. Newcastle just inside in 18th place with four points as well. Wolves right now in 19th place with three points. And Watford with their draw against Arsenal get up to two points. Uh, Wolves and Watford still have yet to find their first win of the season. Um, so that is your Premier League talk. Let's uh, let's hit to the Champions League. The group stage has started in the Champions um, TNT's still doing it with Bleach Report. That's that's cool. I will, uh, I will, I will give Bleacher. I will say one nice thing about Bleacher Report. Okay. Uh, as I, I did watch the Liverpool Napoli match on the Bleacher Report app, um, it was not nearly as difficult <laughs> to order my match this year as it was last year. It's good. That's good. As in, on my cell phone, things like actually came up like they were supposed to, and it looked like you know it didn't look like whoever coded everything last year fell asleep after. <laughs> Wonderful. Ah, well, we will get to that match in just a moment. Uh, but first, we start alphabetically. Of course, we go to Group A. Uh, Club Bruges and Galatasaray drew nil nil. Good for you guys. Um, and then Paris Saint Germain blasted Real Madrid three nil, announcing that yes. PSG are absolutely here in a match that isn't the knockout round. We are here to play and put down a beatdown. Um, PSG. That's true, which is why Di Maria on the score sheet with the bre- with the brace and Thomas Munier with the sealer in the ninety first minute. Also, um, I was uh, I was only like half paying attention to the match as it started, um, and I was wondering why a lot of the fans were cheering for a Real Madrid goal to start off with, and then I finally picked up, oh, PSG's 
at home in white and Real Madrid is in dark blue. But but why? It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Anyway, um I I think though the big thing is and we don't want to take away too much from just one result and to start the Champions League against what should be the two teams to make it out of this group. Um Real Madrid might be in a little bit of trouble though. Not to get out of this group. I'm saying if their goal is to win the Champions League this year, which it should be because they're Real Madrid, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, they definitely do not look like a team that is capable of going in winning this competition. I'll just, you know me, folks, I'll use Liverpool as my examples. We'll obviously talk much more about Liverpool later, (laughs) but where Madrid go on the road and lose 3-0 to PSG, Liverpool will go on the road and lose 2-0 to Napoli, one of them instilled a whole hell of a lot more confidence in you. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. One of them them might have gotten beat, but it was like, eh, okay, a little hard done. The other one, it's like, oh, wow, it was only 3-0. Yeah. Allegedly, yes. Allegedly, I heard his name. I heard them mention, wow, he hasn't done shit today. (laughs) Those exact words on Talk Sport, I believe. He hasn't done shit today. Um, You know the one guy who looked really good for Real Madrid? Who's that? Yes, that was a shame. Holy Jesus, that was magnificent. I mean, it, it was legit. I mean, it did actually hit oh, yeah. his hand in the build-up. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. And that could have been a big turning point. You know, PSG had just gone up 2-0, and then, like, immediately Bale comes and answers, and then it gets wiped off the board, and from there it was like, Real Madrid was just like, uh. Um, there's talk that... I mean, there's talk Zidane's not going to make it through the year. Yeah. Um, which is a little crazy, but at the same time, you know, there's heat there because Zidane came back and said, this is what I want, and didn't get what he wanted over the summer. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of what he wanted, but he didn't get the key piece that he wanted was Paul Pogba. Mm-hmm. Because apparently he thinks Paul Pogba's a world beater. Okay. Whatever. But, um, <laughs> But, you know, there's bad blood there. The whole Bale and Hamas situation. Uh, apparently, the, the president and Zidane are not seeing out of... The results have not been good in La Liga. Obviously, this is a bad result for them in the Champions League. Because, yeah, you know, obviously Real Madrid expect to go through in this group. But, I mean, this is the only this is the only real competition you got. And they just blew you off the field. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh man, you know, we lost a hard fought 2 1 match where they scored in the 92nd minute to beat us at home. No, you got freaking waxed and didn't show that much fight. And that's the one big thing with Zidane's Real Madrid that you've always come to expect is they're going to be up for the fight. Yeah. And it is 
because it's a little disconcerting, I would think, to Madrid fans <clears throat> to see your team basically looking like they rolled over on the road. Yeah, still, I mean, again, still plenty of time to wrap up. Galatasaray and Bruges, not not the hardest of teams going forward. And still another shot at PSG uh, at, at the... Uh, at the Bernabeu, so that's that is that is still points to be had there, um, but yeah, this is this is a team that has looked get they've looked to be getting slower and older, really starting with that last Champions League they won with Ronaldo, and then as he left, it, obviously some of the magic left, but some of the guys they were work uh, leaning on, kind of like Spain did. Towards the end of their big run in international play, they won the World Cup in 2010. Um, this is this is sort of how they looked at the end too. They just they look old and slow in a lot of areas, which is weird to say about Real Madrid. And when they just bought Eden Hazard, that shouldn't be the case. But well, it's kind of like the thing with Madrid right now. When you look at that roster, there's there there are very few guys who are in their prime. You've got a lot of guys who mm-hmm. are were great players who were just out of their prime. Uh, you know, the, the Ramoses, um, the Modriches, the Benzema, the, maybe even the Tony Cruz. Uh, those guys, they're just outside their prime. And then you've got these young guys coming through, the Vinicius Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the guy they started center back today who they just got from uh, Porto, uh, Militao. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a lot of really high-end young players just don't have a lot of guys in that 25 to 29 range who are in their prime. So that's something that, like, you know, that's getting Hazard, that's Rafael Barron, that's what those guys are supposed to be. And both of those are guilty of kind of being shit so far. Yeah. So, I think, you know, it's a tough time for Madrid, and I just, I think they're in one of those transition phases right now. Yeah, and that's, and that's just, it, it's weird. <laughs> Because I was going to come into this podcast being like, you know, hey, because we, we talked about it some over the summer and going into the season that the the continent as a whole might be transitioning uh, over the last couple of years where we saw so much Spanish dominance in the league. And now we're seeing the English renaissance in the Champions League with with City being so dominant, granted at a domestic level, but also... I mean, again, the last two years, they've only been knocked out by other English teams. And those two teams who've knocked them out met in the final last year, and one of those was coming off a loss in the previous final. So there, there is a, a passing of the torch, and, and Real Madrid, where they are right now, I think that's the perfect word, transition. And I think Barcelona might be feeling a little bit of that as well. Um so, so definitely a spot where, where a lot of these Spanish teams, dominant just a few years ago, are now very much in transition. We'll see. And, and I yeah. think right now, and obviously we'll talk more about Barca here in a few moments. Um, I think Barca's window is still, they still have their window cracked to try to win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. I think this Madrid team, their window is shut right now. I don't think Madrid's going to win the Champions League. Yep. Yeah. Um, and obviously we can also talk a little bit about Atletico as well here coming up in just a little bit. Um, we go into group B though, uh, Bayern Munich with a comfortable three nil victory over Red Star, uh, Kingsley Coleman with the opener in that one, Lewandowski and Thomas Mueller 
with goals in the second half to push them ahead. Uh, Tottenham, though, go up 2-0 early in Athens over Olympiacos, um, but do end up giving away one at the end of the first half and then a Thomas Valbuena penalty in the second half. I'm sorry, Matthew Valbuena, not Thomas, Matthew. Um, gets the penalty in the second half to put Olympiacos back on level terms um, in a draw eerily reminiscent of the Arsenal match just a few weeks ago for Spurs. Um, Tottenham do get the point, though, on the road uh, as they will split second place with Olympiacos for now as Bayern top the group. But Wes, excuse me, got a little bit of drama out there for a second. Um, Bayern Munich beating Red Star in, in the Allianz, no surprise. We know Red Star can be a little bit of a bear uh, in, in Belgrade, but on the road, not so much. Uh, Tottenham, on the one hand, getting the draw on the road in conditions in Athens, which, I mean, I've, I've been very accustomed to the weather in, in Greece for the last few weeks. It's really hot. It's a, it's a proper North Carolina summer they're having over there right now. Um, so with that, you think, okay, one point on the road, that's not a bad result. But giving up the two-goal lead, that is tough um, and, and does speak to still a little bit of Spurs trying to maybe figure out their best lineup with uh, Deli Ali getting his first start on the season, um, Davinson Sanchez playing right back instead of center back as he's been accustomed to. So, so Spurs still trying to figure some things out, but not – you know, as disastrous as a start as their last Champions League campaign, which needed the miracle run at the end just to get out of groups. Right. Um, it's a it's a result that'll piss you off just because it seems like you're seeing this too much from Tottenham this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the thing for Tottenham is for so long under Pochettino, their great strength has been at the back, has been on the defensive side of the ball, which was, you know, if Tottenham gets a lead on you, you can just about wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, sort of like we were just saying about uh, Real Madrid, at the back, Tottenham have gotten old fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they've gotten old. Davidson Sanchez is still somewhat of a work in progress. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think they're fully settled in the fullbacks like they would want to be. Uh, I just, I just think right now in the back, that's where Tottenham are having issues. Midfield, they, they've got a chance to be super good in midfield, and of course, we know they can attack and they can score. Mm-hmm. We know that. Um, basically, a much richer man's version of Barcelona. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but uh. I do think that's that's where Tottenham are having their issues is they're shipping goals, and it's it's really disheartening when you get a lead and then start shipping goals. Mm-hmm. Trust me, once again, been there, done that, <laughs> lived that life. Um, and you know, for Tottenham going forward, they've got to figure that out not only in the Champions League but also in the Premier League, um, because that's something that can turn really frustrating really fast. Yeah, absolutely. We saw maybe Crystal, the Crystal Palace match going up 4-0 in the first half and and having a very professional close in the second half there might have might have been sort of a a revelation. Maybe maybe if an actual right back plays next match with Serge Aurier not actually making the trip, 
most likely will be starting this weekend against Leicester. Maybe right. maybe that irons itself out a little bit, but yes, definitely something to keep an eye on for Spurs moving forward. Um, Group C, City wins 3-0 over Shakhtar. Zagreb beats Atalanta 4-0. Okay, cool. That's the only one that kind of surprised me. I'm not going to get into it, but I thought, I, I didn't think Atalanta was going to take it quite like that. Yeah, uh, probably, I mean, the first time I'm, I imagine, I don't know this for a fact, so I might, I'm kind of just talking out of my ass here, but I imagine this is the first uh, Champions League match for a lot of these guys in Atalanta. Um so, so maybe maybe a little bit of nerves to go into Croatia for your first Champions League match and try to deal with that. Um, group doesn't get any easier for them as they, they do get to host at the San Siro Shakhtar uh, in a couple weeks' time. But, yeah, tough tough for them. And then City, City just did City things. Um, let's see, we go to Group... We go to Group D, uh, Lokomotiv Moscow with a 2-1 win on the road against Bayer Leverkusen. That's a big result. Um, yeah. But even potentially even bigger, as as you mentioned, alluded to earlier, Wes, Juventus cruising. You know, hey, it can happen to Tottenham. It can happen to Real Madrid. It can happen to Arsenal. Hey, it can even happen to Juventus. Go 2-0 up at the Wanda Metropolitano. Quadrado and Blasma Tweedy with goals. And you think, oh boy, the Italians, they're cruising. They're ready to win this thing. But in the final 20 minutes, Atletico comes back with a pair of goals to save the match, including Hector Herrera at the death for Atletico to give Diego Simeon's men a much-needed point at home against a team that you would think they'd be fighting to top this group. Um, and while again, uh, we just talked about Tottenham feeling kind of bad about dropping a point, a couple points on the road when they could have had the win, they take the draw. If you're Atletico, even though yes, you're at home, man, to steal a point against Juventus when you were down two nil, that is that is big time for them. Oh, very much big time. Um, <clears throat> tell you, man, Juventus. You know, we. we Yes, my little theme of Champions League talk thus far has been about the windows, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, I just, I think Juventus are kind of on the edge of having that window open, being able to break through. And for some unbeknown to God reason, they said, man, you know what we need? We need Mauricio Sorry to take this there. <laughs> Jesus, you talk about butchering a damn hire. I mean, I think Sari is going to be the difference in them potentially winning the Champions League and not. I just, I don't trust Maurizio Sari. That's fair. I don't think he's that good of a manager. Here you are, Juventus. I mean, God, you've got Ronaldo. you put this expensive team together. And, I mean, God, it's like, it's like building a Corvette and dropping like a Chevy Nova engine into it or something. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't understand it, you know, but. I think that's going to be their downfall. And you saw it today. You've seen it thus far in this season. That I just I don't think they have the mentality under Sorry to be able to close out really good teams and to take the necessary steps forward to try to win this tournament. Um, Atletico are a dark horse to win this tournament. Uh, they're a dark horse to win La Liga this year. Mm-hmm. You want to call them a dark horse at this point, Court. But, um, I mean, I was, I was just, uh, I was just really, 
you know, and on the other end of that group, uh, Larry Cousin losing to home. A lot of people, a lot of the experts were thinking, oh, Larry Cousin, they're going to be the ones to go through instead of Athletica. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. Didn't score a goal by themselves. The one goal they did score was an own goal in that one. So that is that is rough. Um, before real quick, just before we run to Group B, and this is something that just popped in my head with with what you've been kind of talking about. We've been talking about windows. Um, I know, I know you are a Liverpool fan, and you would love to see them win their seventh European Cup. I beat you to it this time. Um, besides Liverpool, who do you think would be the favorite right now to win this year's Champions League? Uh, there's a really good article on ESPN FC this week. Um, I may not agree with everything in it, but it is a good article that says, uh, unless your name is Liverpool, Man City, or Barcelona, you're not winning the Champions League. Okay. I can kind of get with that. Okay. I think those are. I think those are definitely your three favorites. Um, obviously, Liverpool have won it. Barcelona have Messi, and they. I guess they've improved over the off season. Sure. Sure. And Man City, it just seems like if they can just avoid another English team. Yeah. Because uh, no one on the continent has really proven that they can knock City out of the tournament. So uh, I think right now those are your favorites. Well, the problem with City is, you know, just like we said with, um, well, well, I'll say this, you know, over over knockout, Laporte not being there might not be quite as big a loss as it is for the whole season. In the okay. You know, you can kind of hide things over two legs of a of a home and away. Mm-hmm. But I think those are your three favorites. I think Atletico could go and win it. Um. I think if things really fell perfectly, I think Dortmund could possibly win it. Okay. Um, but Dortmund would be like my ultimate long shot. But just, I mean, there are a lot of big, and, and like I said, I think the, I think the window is open for Juventus. Mm-hmm. But I think, unfortunately, they hired a guy who, you know, just slammed the window down on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, so now, after that little interlude, we'll, we'll head to Group E. Uh, Red Bull pound gank. They got ganked. 6-2 is the scoreline. One of the Red Bull teams to win on the week. I believe the other one won as well. Yes, they did. Uh, so we'll get to that one a little later, though. Um, but also in this group, Napoli, just as they did last year, they beat Liverpool in Italy. So... Hey, there you go. Uh, it did take a, a late-on penalty that Dres Mertens was able to convert. And then Nando does what poachers do. Fernando Lorente comes and takes in a bit of a miscue in the back from Liverpool. A rare miscue from Virgil van Dijk. And gets his goal in the 92nd minute to give Napoli the 2-0 victory. And a, a match that even Carlo Ancelotti said at the end, um, right before the Mertens, uh, Mertens scored the penalty... Looked like Liverpool was in position to score the winner at some point and take the three points in Naples. But the things just conspired a little bit, and Napoli, again, as they did last year, do take the points. And obviously, 
Since we learned nothing from last year with Liverpool losing every road match they played in the group stage last year, Klopp out. You know, it's just, it's it's obvious. Klopp out, FSG needs to sell him. Michael Edwards doesn't know what he's doing. All the typical shit gets there. Um, the only thing they don't have to blame now is Nick There you go. <laughs> because, hey, he had a nil nil in his days. Um, <laughs> We'll, hit, we'll, we'll talk Liverpool Gambling first, and I'll hit a little quick thing on Salzburg. Um, 2 0, but like, like Angelotti said, like I think a lot of people feel, that match was absolutely there for the taking. Liverpool, and I, I think that was, that was as even a match back and forth as you'll see. Mm-hmm. It was a great one. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I enjoyed watching it, either with us losing at the end, I enjoy watching it. Um, Liverpool missed some chances when they had them. Uh, there was one two-on-one break where we had solid um, Mane, and Mane just left the ball just a little too far out for Salah to be able to turn and finish. Um, <clears throat> Mo got a ball off of uh, one of the Napoli defenders trying to make a clearance, ended up clearing behind him right to Salah. Uh, Salah did everything on earth he should have done, fired a fantastic shot toward the outside. Napoli keeper got a hand on it. Yep. Nothing in the world you could do on that. I mean, it was just, it was a phenomenal save. Both keepers came up big with, uh, with some really good saves. Adrian, <clears throat> Adrian had two saves back-to-back in the first half that were just fantastic Napoli shots that was just great goalkeeping to keep them out. Um... As for the penalty, I'm of the thought that why the hell do we even have bar at this point? You know? <laughs> if that's what happens, um, you know, I've heard both sides of this, and I've heard I've heard people as far as like Liverpool right, Stevie Nichols saying, Well, you know, Andy Robertson, he left that foot out there and he know you know that's gonna get a penalty call. So he left his foot out there, it was a penalty. Well, okay, he may have left his foot out there. But homeboy didn't touch his foot. <laughs> there was no contact. <laughs> How's that a penalty when there's no contact? Um, so, of course, we have bars. I'm literally sitting watching the match going, hey, it's okay. Bars saw that shit. We'll get that right. Liverpool were the ones who turned up the intensity and turned up the heat. 
Mm-hmm. All they were missing was the goal. End of the day, they do lose the match. Um, this is nowhere near a blow for Liverpool. As you said, they lost all three away matches last year. I don't think they're going to lose all three away matches this year. <laughs> um, you know, if anything, Gink has shown us eh, not really a lot of competition there. Um, Liverpool will be fine. Those two teams should be the ones that go through. I don't think anyone with half a brain who's a Liverpool fan or a new Liverpool team or management staff is too overly worried about this match. Yes, there are things that need to be straightened out. But you know what? I have zero doubt and zero disbelief in Jurgen Klopp that he's going to be able to do these things. And also to top it off, Carlo Ancelotti did make a comment uh, to Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. He said, uh, "He said, he said, you know, you're, he said the last time you lost, uh, you lost in Naples in the Champions League, things turned out okay." Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely zero panic on my end. If anything, I'm going to take this as one of those. Hey, you know what? We took a loss. Now we can refocus on Chelsea and remember that we're not absolutely unbeatable. And at this point in time, I would rather lose in the group stage of the Champions League. Then lose in the Premier League. Remember. So, there we go. Remember, uh, kids. No, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go right ahead. You've got to remember. I was just going to say, remember, kids, lose is improve. Lose is improve. Remember that. Uh, on the other end, uh, Salzburg were, uh, they were super impressive. Boy, the game and just leveling them. Um, I do not have the kids' name in front of me, but a 19-year-old who scored the hat trick. Um, apparently that did good. Yeah, yeah. Um, a really impressive youngster. <laughs> um, poor guy. He did so well that he's now being linked with Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I hate to see it. Poor guy. Yeah, I hate to see that for anybody, but now linked with Arsenal. So. Tough. Because, you know, scoring is Arsenal's problem. Totally is. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need. They need more forwards. Oh, man. Well. Uh, We'll uh, we'll take it to Group F from uh, from those dramatics. Uh, one point across the board for all four teams. Uh, Dortmund and Barcelona draw nil nil, and Dortmund actually with a penalty miss in this one that could have given them the win, which would have been a huge way to uh, start their Champions League group stage. Um, also huge, Slavia Prague nearly beating Inter in Milan. Uh, they had the 63rd minute goal from Peter Olienka, but a late, late, late goal from Nicolo Barella um, gets Inter the point at home. Um, and Wes, I think Inter was a team we were sort of excited about. It's like, yeah, they kind of have a lot of United's rejects. Like, that was the joke. But they they at least like felt like a team that could challenge maybe Dortmund and Barcelona to try and get out of this group. But man, if you need a last minute equalizer against Slavia Prague at home, that that does not bode well for you in the Champions League. Well, don't forget, some of those guys do still have the Manchester United stink on. That's fair. That's a good point. That doesn't just go away overnight. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really disappointing result uh, for Inter. Considering, you know, they're they're the pot three team in that group, and it's a really tough group. You've got to you've got to take your points against Prague. Mm-hmm. You get a 
That is tough for them, but uh, Dortmund and Barcelona do, again, split their points in Dortmund, so Barcelona, I think, just happy to come out of that the way, with with, with avoiding the penalty, uh, getting getting a point there. Yeah, and I think they're thrilled because, God, Marco Royce should have had a freaking hat trick in that match. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened to him all of a sudden. I'm talking close, like five, six yards from the goal and blazing over, missing wide, just, ugh. Well, they will. They will have to recover because uh, next Dortmund head to Prague, which is so full of life now after after getting that drawn into. So, so we'll see how that goes for Dortmund. Um, over in Group G, uh, the other Red Bull team, Leipzig, they get the two-one win on the road against Benfica. Uh, Timo Werner with the pair of goals in that one gets uh, Leipzig all three points, and uh, Zenit draws Leon in France. Uh, Leon needing a second half Memphis to pay a goal uh, on a penalty to come back in that one. Uh, so Leipzig right now topping this group. Zenit and Leon with one, Benfica with zero. Still a very tight group. And West, that's, I mean, this is kind of a group where we were thinking any combination of these two teams could come out. Leipzig, who, who struggled a little bit last year coming to the Champions League for the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Now coming in. As, as seasoned veterans, um, they start off with a road win. That is, that is a big confidence booster. And this is a group that they can absolutely win if they if they manage to do right the rest of the way and, and get some big results, you know, against Lyon and, and take care of business where they need to, especially at home. That's right. Leipzig are an extremely good, I guess, you know, in, in basketball we would call them a low seed. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Leipzig who, through four matches, sit on top of the Bundesliga. They're they're not any sort of a pushover at all. Uh, they they've started their season very well. They're playing very good football. They've got a lot of really high quality players. I, I'm expecting Leipzig to find their way out of this group this season um, and you know, kind of continue on to that building to really be in, really be in something. Your Red Bull is. Yep, and they are atop the group because of that. Uh, Zenit right now in second on tiebreaker. And finally, Group H. Ajax and Valencia topping this group. Ajax maybe not so surprising. Lille did come in with some clout. uh, But Ajax with the big 3-0 victory at home over them in Amsterdam. Um, But then, Valencia. Team in turmoil. They hate their coach. And and they go have to go to Stamford Bridge against Chelsea against vaunted youth leader revolutionary man Frank Lampard and his ragtag group of kids, and I'm they call him Sir Frank yet. 
<laughs> they they might as well. They they might have taken off that nighting uh, off the, off the schedule for this one though. Uh, Valencia come out of London with a one 0 victory. Ross Barkley with the missed penalty there. Um, this is that's ah uh, that's that's the galaxy brain right there. Um, in all seriousness though, this is this is a group. We we thought it could be interesting, but I think we expected Chelsea to top it. And again, very early on, you know, still still five matches left out of your six. To lose at home to a Valencia team that is as struggling as badly as it is, to lose like this is is not a result you want to start with. And and just now now you have to go to Lille in your next match, and then you have to go to Ajax in your third one. I mean, Chelsea could be staring at one point in three matches. Or two points. Yeah, think, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think right now Ajax have kind of jumped to the, the head of this group as your, as your definite favorite. Um, I think people kind of forgot that Ajax are still good and that they did lose to Lick and they did lose um, the other one. The other one, yeah. The one in Barcelona now. Yes. Just something, whatever. Um, for Chelsea, a really, really disappointing loss, especially at Stamford Bridge. Um, it just, they looked disjointed. They did look like they had that free flow that they kind of found in the Premier League of late. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I mean, even though it is Chelsea, some of that could be nerves. Sure, it's a young group. We 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 mean, but it's true. Yeah, I mean it is still a young group, and unfortunately, you know, a guy like Ross Barkley's one who, you know, Ross Barkley was the former next big thing for England. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so rough start to the group there for Chelsea, but they again do have some time to bounce back. Still five matches to be played in this group stage. The next taking place on the week of October 2nd and 1st. So October 1st and 2nd for most people who speak English. Um, that's, that's when we'll next see our champions league teams in play. Uh, Europa league starts tomorrow. That's the thing that's happening. Don't worry. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. Probably not. Um, so that's our match. Well, I mean, we, we can, we can at least, never mind, I'm just, uh, I'm just thinking that Arsenal are going to blow it to the league. So. Hey, it could happen. Hey, we'll talk about Wolves. We'll talk about Wolves. We'll, we'll talk about them. Um, hey, news and notes. Uh, a lot of this was already touched on. Uh, Amer- American ports, um, will be out about five to six months. Um, some are pegging them back maybe in terms of Champions League football, Back to the quarters if City make it that far um, is when he'll be back. And again, John Stones will also be out for at least a couple weeks um, as uh, as he is also injured. So again, big trouble there for City. Um, also an injury for Alexander Lacazette of Arsenal. Uh, he might be back in action in October uh, after he's having some is- issues with his left ankle. And finally, news and notes. 
Um, it's an interesting story because I kind of thought this had already been finished, but nope, it's not now. Now is when it's actually done. Right, right when he's been struggling for a while, David De Gea is United's keeper through 2023. It's finally locked in there. Yep, that. Yep, there you go. He wanted, he wanted me to Absolutely. Hey, he's 28, so he'll be, I don't know, 33. Still still prime age when this contract is over, so. He's a goalkeeper, so. Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure sure Ed Woodward, you know, negotiated completely against himself when he usually does. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Especially to get this done after the transfer window closes. Oh, never change, Ed Woodward. Very. Um, hey, speaking of special, though, let's hit the watch for uh, Wes. You talked about you watched a couple movies, but uh, anything else you've been watching in the week that was or the week that will be? Um, I've continued my Breaking Bad. Mm, yes, 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 yes. I am all the way nearly through season two at this point. Um, it's crazy. It was a really good show. I wish someone had ever talked about it when he came on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I've been watching that. Um, I went and saw It Chapter 2 today. Did you see It Chapter 1? I did. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just make sure. The first one, that's why, yeah. Second. <laughs> um, I just didn't know if you really wanted to see James McAvoy. <laughs> A lot of redheads um, in that movie. Oh, got to them redheads. If you like it, if you like the first hit, why wouldn't you go see it? I mean, it, it carries right on. It, uh, I, I read the book a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I think this was pretty fitting to the book. Okay. I'll give it to it. Um, it, was, it was a good movie. I mean, it wasn't my favorite movie I've ever seen. I, to me, horror movies don't, find out a, a Russian uh, factory that had E. coli in it exploded? Exactly. That's the shit that scares me. <laughs> you know, I mean, just say, say AR-15 confiscation and I get, a, uh, I get a chill down my spine. You know, that's horrible. Um, anyway, though. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a good movie. It was a fitting ending to it. It had some really nice moments um, that they didn't totally burn in the previews. Uh, which I will give it that it chapter two had a really good had really good trailers and previews that came out mm-hmm. it. and they gave away a lot of the good stuff, but at the same time they held back on some of it. So it was uh, it was it was very I, I enjoyed it. It was good. I, I won't watch it again anytime soon. It okay. was a good movie. Um, there is a very controversial part in it that has a lot of people up in arms. Um, I mean, all they did was, you know, remain true to the book that the movie was made off of. Sorry if it hurt somebody's feelings in 2019. 
I think for my uh, uh, what we got here, the watch four. Um, I'm I'm looking forward. Fall TV is back. It's quickly approaching. We are, you know, the uh, I'm looking at my weather app on my phone, and I'm not seeing highs in the 90s anymore. That that's good. That's really good. As we we were about to hit fall here in late September. Um, but hey, I'm just looking at my app and and Superstore and the Good Place are back next week, and I'm. I'm excited about that. I'm I'm very, very much looking forward. Of course, the good place uh, is is the final um, final season coming up here. Season four will be the final season, so that will be very exciting to watch that and see how that story ends. Um, also, do want to give a quick shout because it's what I've been listening to on the way to work the past couple days. Because um, speaking of the good place, creator Michael Schur, who we we love, because he also did. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and Parks and Recreation. Nine Nine. Um, can't wait for that to be back on either. But um, so he does a podcast, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, with uh, Joe Posnanski, who's a writer on the Athletic, uh, called the Poscast, and they do it together. And uh, this week they happen to do uh, two episodes this weekend from the friendly confines of Wrigley Field in Chicago. With special guest for both episodes, Nick Offerman. <gasps> yes, Ron Swanson himself became a special guest on these two episodes of the podcast. And uh, it is, if you, are, if you are a fan of baseball and meaninglessness and Ron Swanson, I, I, uh, I appeal to you. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> Go check this out. Uh, if you want to hear more more people hate on the Oakland Raiders, go check out especially the first episode of the two. But uh, all in all, it's a it's a great it, uh, these, this podcast is always great. The podcast I I, I I love shilling for other people for free. The podcast is always great. Michael Schur and Joe Posnanski are always fantastic. But adding Nick Offerman into that mix is just. It's just wonderful. It is mwah, chef's kiss. So I, I suggest everyone out go out there. It's free. Um, first episode's like two hours long. Second is an hour and a half. So if you find yourself on a commute somewhere and you need to kill some time, you could do worse. You could do better, but you could also do a lot worse than this. So go check that out. That is the Poscast. P-O-S-C-A-S-T. Check that out. Um, that's not a P-O-S. And maybe wrestling hasn't been a POS lately either, Wes. So maybe we should get So Elite Raw? Hmm? Hmm? Yeah, we'll talk a little, we'll talk a little old grappling tonight. Alright. Real quick, just did want to update you as uh, I'm coming through lovely Wilson, North Carolina. Mm. Interstate 95 right now. Beautiful. Uh, it is 62 degrees out tonight. Glorious. It is quite magical. 
Very good call. Very good call. thrown down the steel gauntlet of doom infinity <sighs> there you go so that's gonna do it though uh for this episode of the foreign affair podcast want to give a shout to our uh podcast presenters including ngsc sports as well as alicia's pillows and things you can find them on the social media as well as us on twitter we are as a collective at afa pod wes you are I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, The All New Sports Show. And you can email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Thanks to our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitcher Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Play Music, and the iTunes Music Store. So, again, we will be back next week, though, for another great edition of the A Foreign Fair Podcast. We'll be talking about this upcoming weekend in Premier League action. Like I said, we'll, if we remember, we'll talk about Wolves and some of the rest of Europa. Hey, maybe Arsenal will blow three-goal lead. It'll be even better. So, hey, it could happen. Fingers crossed, guys. Um, so, we'll, we'll maybe talk about that. And I'm sure 
more news and notes and craziness. And again, uh, with some of the big fall TV premiering. Hey, we didn't even talk about NBC announced their streaming service, which is going to be called Peacock for some reason. I get it. That's their logo, but still, it's it's dumb name. Um, and maybe some more wrestling. But before we get out of here and before Wes puts his car in the park, Wes, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, high school football. Ooh. We are in full swing. Uh, week five of the high school season is here already. Uh, is this week five? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, week five. And we have got some damn big football games on tap this week just in our area. Um, the one I'll be covering, Tarver, the number one 1A team in the state of North Carolina, taking on the number five 2A team in the state of North Carolina, Southwest Edgecombe. Oh, my. Um, that is, that's just, that's a massive, massive hatred rivalry anyway. And then you add that both of them are two of the top-ranked teams in the state. That's big time. Uh, Rocky Mount, coming off a 35 nothing shellacking of J.H. Rose. You know how big that is to go yes. beat the hell out of Rose and to shut them out. Yes. Uh, Rocky Mount is ranked 10th in the state in 3A. They are taking on the 4th-ranked 2A team in the state, Northeastern, this week. So uh, that's a big showdown matchup for the Griffons, a chance to uh, see where they are. Their only blemish on the season, a, uh, a loss to Tarboro in a game that was, as we mentioned, Tarboro. Tarboro won 30-plus straight games at this point, and that game was ended before halftime. Cool. I do have a, an explanation on that. I'll give it to you. Oh, fantastic. But I do have an explanation. Give it to me by JC himself, Jeff Craddock. Uh, our Lord and Savior, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, man, that's what I got. High school football in full swing. Uh, baseball's basically dead to me this year, but I'll probably watch some playoffs. There you go. But yeah. Uh, thanks for the memories, Dave Nebraska. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So, it, it got us a it got us a ring. So that's I guess that's what important. <sighs> General manager of the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Pulling the double duty. He'll fly back and forth across the ocean. <laughs> That's what he'll say as J.D. Martinez keeps hitting home runs. Pretty good. Just like this podcast is pretty good, even as it's about to come to an end. So, folks, from my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. Until next time, everyone, stay safe and enjoy the football. It's not not looking too good for Zenadine Zadar. This show is sponsored by Alicia's Pillows and Things. Check out the Facebook page, Alicia's Pillows and Things where you will find home decor you will not be able to resist at prices anybody can afford. Check out the pillows and stools of your favorite sports teams. Maybe you want a set of your kid's favorite cartoon or movie character. You can also get full body and neck pillows as well. Log on to NGSCSports.com and go to the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage to complete your order. It makes a great gift for Christmas at an affordable price. 
NGSC Sports. We never stop. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. 